Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the podcast where I talk to current and former college basketball players about their experience in college, you know, their coaches and uh, their mental health while they're playing college basketball. So on today's episode, we have Nate Robinson, um, one of my good friends, played for him for a couple of years now. And yeah, uh, thanks Nate for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, man. So uh, first question I got for you is what made you want to um, first start playing basketball? Um, well, I've grown up in the UK. Uh, I grew up in Manchester, uh, United Kingdom. Um, so, you know, football, well, you guys call it soccer is very big. So I grew up, uh, starting off with soccer and then, um, I started watching my dad play, played for the Manchester Giants. Um, and once I went to, you know, a few of his games playing, um, that's when I knew, you know, I wanted to continue uh, playing basketball. You know, just because of him. Exactly. Okay. So in high school, I mean, you have a really good high school career, and uh, you didn't commit until college until late. Was that a stressful time for you, not going, not knowing what you know what school you was gonna go to, and just that whole recruiting process, how it's up and down? Um. Yeah, the whole recruiting process throughout you know my whole high school career was um, a bit of a roller coaster. Um. I transferred schools my senior year, um, or to start off my senior year, I should say. Um, you know, that was a risky move. A lot of people, you know, said that, you know, I should have just stayed at the school that I was at. Um, but I felt like, you know, it was the best decision for me, so I left. And, uh, you know, I had a great, great season. Um, went 31-4, and four, um, went all the way to the state championship. And, you know, throughout this these times that I'm playing, uh, I'm, you know, expecting schools to, you know, come to the games and everything. But no, it's just it all just stayed the same all the way up until the end. Um, and then it got down to the last game and we had lost. And uh, I remember I just didn't know what what was going to be next. Um, and then South Dakota, uh, South Dakota came into the picture um, and they were really uh, – they really wanted me at their school, so then uh-huh. I made that decision and went on committing. Okay, so you end up going to South Dakota. How was that at first? Um, how did you get along with the coaches at the beginning? And then also, how was it just being far away from home? Um, well, when they took me on my visit, it was you know, when p- coaches take players on visits, they got to sell the school to them real well. Um, exactly. So they took me when it was a nice day. It was sunny. Um, you know, there was tons of people out. There was a football game that day. Um, so, you know, at the time I thought, you know, this is a place where I could see myself playing, you know, uh, and living there despite, you know, how far it was. Cause I wasn't really into, you know, staying close to home. Um, uh-huh. um, but you know, the coaches at first, you know, they were real good to me. Um, our assistant coaches, they were cool. And ones that took me on the visits, um, everything was all good. Um, and yeah. That was uh, a okay. So did the coaches at South Dakota, um, did they ever talk to you about your mental health while you were there? Um, while I was there, no, they did not talk to me about my mental health at all. Um, actually, one of my real good friends um, at that or that was at South Dakota as well. He was my roommate. Um, he suffered um, from a mental depression. And uh, uh-huh. I had no idea about it until like probably like a few months ago um, when he wow. uh, came out for this, uh, I 
guess they're doing a mental health awareness month uh, yeah. for their team uh, at the new school that they're at. And uh, he talked about his story, um, his freshman year, and, you know, how he was battling depression. And, you know, he even said, you know, that there came a time um, where, you know, he thought about, you know, killing himself. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, it was tough because I had no idea. And I didn't know. I thought my situation being at that school was hard. But you don't, yeah. you don't know, like, how other people are seeing it. Um, exactly. And exactly. so I'm just now saying that. um like just like a few months ago after, you know, I lived with this guy for a whole year and I just, I knew he didn't like the school, but I didn't know that that's what he was going through. Um, and, you know, it just it goes yeah. to show, you know, you always got to check up on people no matter, you know, even if you think they're good, you always still got to, you know, check in. Exactly. And did you feel like the relationship with the coaches, like, did it go downhill? Because obviously, you know, before you come in there, they're going to recruit you hard and they're going to, you know, try to make everything as cool as possible. Like further on, probably you know, middle of the season, and as the season went along, like did the coaches, do you feel like did they really care about you guys? And for you personally, did you how you feel like your uh, experience with the coaches went as you went throughout that year out there? Um, well, in the beginning, you know, the coaches, um, all of them seemed cool, genuine people. Um, uh -huh. but a lot of these programs and these schools, you know, they're gonna do that to sell the school to you, um, to try and get you, you know, to get to their school. Um, but, you know, as the season went on, um, I just knew that, you know, me and the head coach, we didn't get along. Um, exactly. and then, you know, the assistant coach, um, he, uh, you know, he would talk to me and say, yo, you know, you just go talk to him and, you know, see what you need to do in order, you know, to play. Cause I wasn't really getting playing time, but I knew I was better than, you know, the guys that was playing in my position. Um, uh -huh. but the only reason why, you know, they was playing more is cause they were seniors and juniors. Um, so they've had, you know, they told me more experience. Um, so uh -huh. I went in and I sat down with the head coach and, you know, we talked, you know, what I'm not doing, uh, what I need to do to play. And, um, he would tell me, you know, what I'm not doing well in. And I say, okay. And I go to practice that week and I do it, do those things better. And then it was always another reason of why I wasn't playing. So then it got to a point where I just, you know, stopped having conversations with him. Um, yeah. And, you know, the assistant coaches, you know, they're always going to say, yo, make sure, you know, stay ready, stay ready, because you don't know. You know, it's just the constant, you know, just uncertainty of, you know, whether you're doing the right thing, you're playing well. Um, especially as a freshman, this being your, you know, first year um, going through, you know, depression and being, you know, far from home. Um, exactly. It's a lot. And especially like when you know the coaches aren't, you know, are kind of necessarily screwing you over. Um, just makes exactly. it even worse. So you end up leaving South Dakota and uh, you go to City College San Francisco. How was that experience at City? Do you feel like it was a great change to go back close to home and just getting somewhere like a new fresh start just for yourself and just like your mental health? How do you, So, yeah, just talk a little bit about that City experience. Yeah, well, I tell people all the time I should have, you know, went to City right out of high school. Um, but, you know, as a senior and, you know, I think you're, you know, real good. You, you got high expectations for yourself and junior college just isn't the route um, exactly. I wanted to go at that time. Um, but, um, you know, not having any stats my freshman year um, and trying to go to another division one school, I knew I'd have to go to a junior college. Um, and it was an easy decision for me of which junior college to go to. Cause you know, I grew up 
um, after I left the UK, I ended up growing up in San Francisco and being around uh, all those those head coaches at a uh, city um, from a young age. So they really knew me and knew you know my style of play. Um, so I went to you know I went to city and it's a whole different environment in junior college. You know you don't you're not in class with just you know regular people. You got you know old people in there, pregnant ladies. You know it's just it's all it's over. Right. Very hectic. Um, but fortunately. For me, I lived, you know, just 45 minutes away. So I was able just to take the train. Um, but moving back home, um, it definitely was, uh, it was much needed for me. You know, I felt a lot healthier. My mindset was, you know, clearer that, you know, I didn't have to go through that. Although it did take some time um, in terms of basketball to shake off, you know, all the, you know, dust and all that because, you know, the coach was putting restrictions on me, basically. Um, So I wasn't able to, you know, play freely. Um, I wasn't really confident in my game. Um, So I had to get that back, like, the first two months while I was at City. Um, But, you know, the overall experience at City College, um, we had a, you know, undefeated season. Um, You know, we had a lot of, you know, top-level guys on our team. Um, And it just, you know – the vibe, the energy that the team would bring every day was a lot different from uh, than being in South Dakota because you know there was a lot of there was different groups on our team. Um, not everyone would hang out with each other. Um, at City College, that wasn't the case. You know, we'd all hang out, have you know team dinners and everything. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a much better environment for me to be in um, rather than staying in you know South Dakota. And then, what would you say? Like the um, difference with the coaching staff was at City compared to South Dakota. Um, I think in South Dakota, um, we were limited in some positions, um, so we had to run a certain style of basketball in order to you know try and get wins, and um, you know that required you know two guys running all the way to the corner and waiting for uh, you know the ball to be distributed. Um, it was really just the point guard and the center really doing their thing. And then when the ball would get kicked out, you know, if you shoot, you shoot it. Um, but at City College, it was, you know, it was a lot different. It was five out motion. You just pass and move without the ball. Um, everybody could score off the dribble. You know, they can, you know, create. Um, it was more of like a pro style of play. Um, you know, if you understand, you know, the basketball terminology. Um, but just how basically how the pros play. They pass, they move, they read and react. There's no really set plays. Um, Mind you, we did have plays, you know, we would run. Um, but for the most part, we just we just went out there and played like it was, you know, 24-hour fitness or something. Yeah. Um, so when you go JUCO, you got to get recruited again. So what was your mindset? Was this something that you wanted to commit to your next school early as possible or just best fit? or like So kind of talk about that experience as far as getting in that recruiting process again. Yeah, my mindset when I was, you know, at City College for the recruiting process, it was more of uh, find a school that really wants me and is not um, going to put any restrictions on my game. Um, they want me um, to do like when schools recruit you, they, you know, they tell you how much they want you there and, you know, where you can fit in. But at the end of the day, schools really want you to put you in a position to do only one thing very well. They don't want you to be from my experience, an all-around, you know, established basketball player. They want to help them get wins, so they put you in a position to help them to win. 
um, without, you know, trying to work on your game to move on from college um, to a professional level. Um, so I think I was, you know, I was looking for a school that wanted me and that wanted, you know, would let me play my game. Um, I ended up committing early to Seattle University, um, not by, you know, not because, you know, it was, I just wanted to get it over with. Um, but it was more of, you know, what the coach was saying to me, um, their style of play. I made sure I watched games from last year. Um, at the time, they had a guy um, up there and he was averaging like 23 or 25 or something like that. Um, and then he told me, you know, he wanted to bring me in and, you know, play at the two position and, you know, compliment this guy, you know. Um, and then so he ended up leaving and then we ended up getting a guard uh, from City College as well. So, you know, it all – and then we got, you know, you obviously um, up in Seattle as well. So then all the pieces started, you know, to fall together. And then, you know, I was feeling real confident about, you know, the decision I made and going to Seattle. So before you go to Seattle – Kind of probably right after the uh, city season, was you? Would you say you was mentally like at one of your best uh, parts in your life? Was you everything was feeling good with that part? Yeah, in terms of my whole college career, I think City College, being at City College, was overall I had the best mental, uh, the mental well being uh, being at City because um, I was in the gym every day. I was living at home. Um, I knew the areas, so you know, and I knew the coaches. And they were, you know, they were real with me. Um, my schoolwork was good. I wasn't failing no classes. Um, but City College was by far my best year in the overall college experience in terms of, you know, basketball and then outside of basketball. So after you leave City, you go to Seattle U. And how was your relationship with the coaches at first when you first got down to Seattle U? So uh it was that last summer or two summers ago yeah, now. two summers um at first you know the co coaches they were cool like the head coach he lived in danville which is like five minutes away from me um our other assistant coaches one lived in sacramento uh the other one lived in over by you know marin and then they were all just you know bay area guys so it was like you know i had you, you could relate to him um they knew where he was coming from we just had you know had that little little connection. Um, so that felt good um, coming up here knowing, you know, you got something in common with these guys. Uh, but yeah, in the beginning, it was, it was all, it was all good between, you know, me and the coaches. Exactly. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, because I mean, we had a season last year, but it was, you know, it's a pandemic. So it was a slightly different. And then personally for you, you was dealing with some injuries. So just talk about how, like, did that affect your mental health in any way, dealing with the injuries and also playing during a, a pandemic? Um, yeah, no, I did for sure. Um, I wouldn't say as much as uh, South Dakota. Um, but, you know, I was healthy all throughout the summer workouts and then, you know, leading up to, you know, our first game. And then, you know, I get injured. And then, you know, that put me out, you know, quite a bit of time. Um, it was, you know, a toe injury. It lasted like probably like four weeks. Um, but then I ended up coming back, playing one game to see how it felt. Then the next game after that, I ended up uh, having a high ankle sprain. They put me out another four or five weeks. Um, and so I've my own, 
my only time really playing was like, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, but during that time when I was out, um, I definitely, my mental health was going all over the place. Um, cause I wasn't sure, you know, whether I should, you know, take this year as a red shirt, um, and just, you know, get healthy and then just keep my game, you know, polished and sharp for next year. Um, it was just a lot of, you know, decisions that, you know, I had to make. Um, but, you know, I decided just to stick it out and, um, yeah, just play when the time is coming. And, uh, luckily for me, it worked out. Uh, I had a great year, uh, when, you know, when it was all said and done, um, had, you know, good numbers, good stats. Um, but overall in terms of mental health, um, it was definitely hard. It was definitely hard trying to, you know, be on the side and cheering for you guys. And then, you know, also getting the rehab and all this treatment, um, as well as, you know, focusing on school. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot. Exactly. So, um, at Seattle, do you feel like there were any resources if you wanted to go to talk to someone for you about your mental health? Um, they, our coaches definitely, uh, mention like, you know, they can come and, you know, come in and talk to them, um, if we need anything. Um, but I feel like, you know, a lot of coaches say that, but you know, mm -hmm. they don't come and check in on you. They want you to go and, you know, say, you know, if you're not feeling, you know, a certain way. Um, but you know, a lot of kids, they don't, they don't feel comfortable, you know, going and having a conversation with their coach about their mental health. Um, exactly. especially, you know, guys, you know, a lot of guys, they feel the need that, you know, they can, you know, deal with it themselves rather than talking to somebody. Um, that's just, you know, the way we are. We feel like, you know, we can deal with these problems ourselves. Um, but in life, you know, you can't, you got, you got to ask for help, you know, growing up, especially being 21, you know, 18 years old. Um, you're going through things that, you know, you haven't been through before. So you don't know, like, you don't know what to do. But, you know, exactly. talking to people that, you know, may have experience, may not, um, just talking to older people, you know, you get that, that feedback of like what, you know, how you should deal with it um, rather than you just trying to deal, deal with it yourself. Um, but at Seattle U, they do have resources, you know, they got it on the website. Um, but I feel like, you know, they could do a you know, better job of, you know, having conversations with the athletes, you know going in and bringing them in and, you know, sitting them down and talking to them about it. Um, I exactly. Feel like, you know, a lot better. So also, you know, the situation that happened with uh, Coach Jim Hayford, him being the guy that recruited you, you know, to come to the school, and then the whole situation happened with him, you know, about what was that, like early last month, the middle of October, yeah. um, he said the N-word. And can you just talk a, a little bit about that experience? Because, you know, that's probably someone you, you gained the respect, you know, was your coach for a whole year. And, yeah, for him to uh, do something like that is just – I know that was – we didn't really get too much – we talked about it as a group, but I just want to hear, you know, what you just say. Also, did that, like, affect your mental health at all? Um, yeah, when I mean – when he said it, you know, I just – it shocked me um, because, you know, this is, like you said, someone I look up to, you know, someone I thought, you know, was our leader. Um, and, you know, he said it multiple times, obviously. Um, you know, the first time he had said it, you know, uh, we talked about it, and, you know, as a group. And um, 
you know, he said he understood that, you know, that's a word that, you know, should not be used. Um, but then to go on and continue to say it another time, um, it just, you know, I felt, you know, disappointed. I felt disrespected because um, I felt like the conversations that we had with him before um, about that, you know, just didn't matter. Um, exactly. But uh, for the mental health part, I mean, you know, it it did. It did affect my mental health for sure because, um, you know, being mixed, I'm black also. Um, mm-hmm. You know, part of me was like, you know, in shock pretty much. Um and then when, you know, it's really start getting out and then you got people asking like, oh, what happened to your coach? Um, and, you know, you got to explain the whole situation. It's, you know, it's, it was it was a lot, you know, to deal with outside uh, of basketball, but then also as well inside um, getting like, you know, new head coach. Um, and, you know, how the, you know, right before season, before we play games, um, it was just it was a lot for everybody. Um, it was a lot for everybody on our team. And then lastly, I got uh, for you is um, what what advice would you give to kids today in high school when they're trying to make this decision to go to a, a school and play college basketball, you know, if they get the opportunity? Because, you know, this is something – it's a big decision, you know. You don't want to make that wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And you never really know. So what, what advice would you give them when they're trying to make these, this decision? Um, I would tell them, you know, have real conversations with these coaches. Don't have like, you know, the the little small talk conversations about classes and all that. Like, yeah, you know, you need to have those, you know, conversations with them. Um, but really think like big picture, um, especially if you're trying to go and play pro. Um, that's that's something that needs to be, you know, re- reiterated towards the coaches. Um, so they know what level you're on and trying to get to. Um, I feel like a lot of these coaches they put guys in situations that help them win, but then don't help them move on to the next level of playing pro. Um, and, you know, that was my thing when I came in, you know, I told Jim Hafer, like, look, you know, when it's all said and done, like I'm trying to be a pro and, you know, this, this is style, you know, game I play. Um, and said, you know, I'm going to get my degree school and everything, but at the end of the day, I am reaching to be a pro. Um, and so that is, you know, that's one of the also another reason why I came here because, you know, he was all on board with it. Um, you know, he only wanted to coach guys that, you know, wanted to be pros. Um, but, you know, for, you know, seniors and juniors that are looking at schools and all that right now, you want to go to a place where you can go and know where you're going to play. It's not it's not about, you know, how big the gym is or like how nice the facilities are and all that. Like even if you got to go to a D2 and really, you know, put up some numbers, you know, do that. Or even the, you know, junior college route, you know, like I said, that was my best years of, you know, college in terms of basketball. Um, Cause it helped me get, you know, from one D one to another D one. And it's not always easy for guys, you know, especially as a freshman uh, with no numbers um, to be a D one bounce back. Um, not a lot of people can do it, you know, it's, but it takes a lot of, you know, mental health, um, takes a lot out of you physically and mentally. Um, so, yeah, I would say the main thing is go to a school where you know that you're going to play, get minutes, get treated right, um, and know where you feel, you know, at home and safe. Um, exactly. Don't make, you know, impulse decisions, you know, 
even if it's, you know, last minute, wait till the very end to make your decision. Don't make it so soon. Um, because, you know, but it's all going to, it's, it's going to be different no matter where you are. So you could end up signing with a school. You're not liking it. Um, don't hesitate to remove yourselves from that situation. If you're unhappy with the situation you're in and you feel it's the best decision for you to step away from it, do that. Don't hesitate and try to stay there another, you know, see it out um, and, you know, waste another year at the school because, you know, they told Wait, you, you, you all, you know, next last year. Part again? Gonna... You cut off. You cut off. Can you say that uh, last which, part which, again? I can hear you. you said, um, if you don't like yourself in the situation, you know, you're unhappy with it, it's best to remove yourself. Go in again on that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's, best you, it's best you remove yourself and, you know, get to a situation that you feel, you know, help you reach your your goals in four or five years. Cause you know, coaches will tell you all, oh, make sure you stay ready. Uh, you know, next year is, you know, you're going to, you know, play, we're going to, you know, have you doing this and this. Um, and yeah, you could believe that. Um, or you could go on to another school and, you know, try and work it out there. But if you're unhappy with the situation, just remove yourself from it. Cause it's not, you do, you know, end up, you know, wasting another year, you know, trying to figure it out and, you know, seeing what you can do. Um, but sometimes it's not always you. So it's, you know, it's sometimes it's the coaches as well. Exactly. And one more thing. Do you feel that uh, coaches need to talk to their players more? Not just, you know, basketball-related stuff. Obviously, they need to do that. But, like, as far as their mental health and just checking in on them, you think is that more important in that? College coaches is not doing that enough. How do you, how you feel on that uh, part? Um, yeah, I think that um, all athletes should be assigned a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. I think Great. that's you know that would be the best move. So that way, you know, their coaches you know don't really have to talk to them. But if their coaches do want to talk to them about you know their mental health and everything, I think that's a better way to go about it because then they understand. Because um, not every kid is you know the same in terms of, you know, basketball. And I feel like that's where coaches fail to see um, that, you know, every kid is different. They just see him as, you know, basketball player. Okay, we can talk to him, you know. He's got to figure out, you know, how do we talk to kids like this? Um, Because, you know, it's all different from how it was back then. You know, back then you had some crazy-ass coaches. Excuse me. You had some crazy coaches um, that, you know, didn't care. And, you know, players had to deal with it. And mental health wasn't even, you know, spoken on back then, especially men's mental health. Um, but, you know, therapy is probably the best. And, you know, the world we live in today uh, with everything going on, um, I think having a therapist should definitely be uh, one of the things um, athletic departments should try and push because, um, you know, athletes do need it um, no matter what sport it is. Uh, it could be golf. Um, every athlete needs it, and they go through it different ways. Um, but it's better just to talk about it with somebody than just holding it in and trying to deal with it with yourself, because um, it never it never ends up uh, it never ends up working uh, in your favor if you try to hold it in. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. You know, people try to hold it in, it's just at the end of the day, it's just gonna hurt you. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I definitely agree with everything you said, man. And, Appreciate you coming on here again and just, you know, talking a little bit about your story and just giving, you know, your opinions on everything. I yeah, mean, thank you, know, you man. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad, you know, I could, you know, share some of my light and, you know, my experiences uh, with everybody. 
Um, you know, maybe they'll learn from it. They'll take from it. You know, maybe not. That's fine. But, you know, at least, you know, it, it was said and heard. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir, man. We'll get these posted. All right. All right thanks again. Nate Robinson.